but on the glorious state of God's saints in heaven. Uh, I've got some people in glory that uh, I love, and it's good to know that we can know their state. In other words, uh, what they're doing and how they're doing and how God, uh, you know, uh, I don't think that when my mother passed away or my wife passed away, they're up in heaven before the throne just worshiping. I don't believe that personally. Uh, Will they worship? Yes. But uh, there is a, a lot more to that. But if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Galatians uh, chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1. And in verse 27, Galatians 1 27. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of the mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The gospel of God's free and sovereign grace in Christ is a mystery. Hidden from the unregenerated man, hidden from every unbeliever, but revealed, revealed by his spirit to his saints. And so all the stories you hear and all the songs about heaven, uh, they're entertaining. Some of them got some truth in it, but not very much, because it's, it's what it is. It is a song based on uh, to sell that record or to entertain But uh, Christ is a mystery hidden from the unregenerated man, hidden from every unbeliever, but revealed by his spirit to his saints. And there's many professing Christians tonight, as you well know, if you ever work in public or went to school, there's a lot of professing people who profess to be saved, but there's not much difference between their life and the life of a lost person. And so Christians, we are not having the effect on the world that we should because uh, we seem to fall down and give up when trials come. And trials are necessary for us to grow in grace and in knowledge. So our first point is that all the riches promised, proclaimed and presented to sinners in the gospel are in Christ. You know, even some of the gospel songs that a lost person hears them, a lost person may even sing them, and those activities that they sing about, and I enjoy hearing them, that's only for saved people that's in the center of God's will who's going to be in the bride. Now, I don't know but one person in this church 
that uh, that used to not to believe in the bride. Uh, when I say not believe, they believe that every church member is in the bride, and you few tonight may believe that, and, but uh, you can't prove that from the word. Uh, you know, it's uh, because in heaven, as we get into this series, you will find out that there is a group that stays where the Lord is at and there's a group that visits. Who are the visitors? Well, they're certainly not lost people. They are born-again believers, but they did not dedicate their life to the Lord. You know, it's... uh, I worked at IBM for... 30 years, and everybody that had a badge and had a badge number was an employee at IBM. But if you ever worked in the factory or any other place, not everybody works. You know, they show up, but they don't work. Well, that's the same way it is with God's people. When God saves, that's their end now. They got a insurance policy. I'm going to heaven when I die because I heard the gospel, I believed the gospel, I was baptized, and I come to church. You know, it's not really important how often I come because the Lord knows my heart. Boy, that's a dangerous statement. When you say, the Lord knows my heart. He knows what I'll never know. And what you'll never know about your husband, your wife, or your kids, but God does. I mean, and and this is a foundation we got to grow from. The the riches of the glory of this mystery, because the glory of the gospel is in great measure to be seen, because the glory of the gospel is what attracts sinners. I've, I've had people tell me what you've gone through, what you've gone through, what you've gone through, you know. Uh, you know, whatever I went through, whatever you've gone through, we went through it by the grace of God. Nothing more, nothing less. And God's grace is available to every sinner that will come to him. So the riches of the glory of this mystery you know, so let's be turning to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Now, the, you know, they are risk troops of grace compared to gold and silver and precious stone, you know. Uh, we uh, think if someone has all the money that they need, boy, I tell you, I'd like to be like that person. But that doesn't make, mean that person's happy. And it certainly doesn't mean that person's saved. Can be, you know, some people act like if you got money, there ain't no way you can be saved. And that's not true. You know, how much we have, how much we know has nothing to do with Jesus Christ saving us But after he saves us, are we going to use that knowledge for him? Are we going to use our wealth 
for him. But look what Paul said here. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11. For other foundations can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. What's Paul talking about here? You know, if I've got, let's just say, I've got more talent than anybody you know, don't take that statement literal because I don't, but if I did, and if I only use a little bit of it, I believe I would be in that group at the judgment seat where I'd see my rewards lost. See, whatever we ability we have, God gave us that ability so we can be used of the Lord. Now, you know, people say, but pastor, I, you know, I don't do anything. I show up. If you're here because you love the Lord and that's all you're able to do, that's what God wants you to do. You know. If God called me to preach and I don't preach, I'm going to see some rewards burn up right in front of me at the judgment seat. So that old song, you know, I've like no tears, no tears in heaven, when they come to the judgment seat, I believe there's going to be a lot of tears. There's going to be a lot of tears because we will see, God will reveal to us what ability we had and what we did with it. That motivates me. That motivates me because I look at people that's got a much better voice than I have, can sing, can play instruments, you know, and they just do it every once in a while. God gave you an ability to use. That's what we're talking about when the hope of glory, the hope of glory, and you ask the average Christian anywhere, I'm born again, I'm in glory. Amen. But is that all? Is it all? What about God's, these gifts he's given you? What are we doing with them? Because it is our gifts that attracts people. Think about it. So God says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and and you know God said every man's work shall be made manifest another thing that that teaches us we're going to see at the judgment seat of Christ why we did what we did did we do it you know I've had people in my ministry that you know it, 
if you didn't tell them how good they were, they would stop doing it. It's like a child. Saved, but an immature Christian. God goes on to, to say in verse 14, If any man's work abide which he have built her upon, he shall receive a reward. You know, so what do we, I just want you to think, what do we see when we read a verse like that? Is everybody going to be treated the same? Now, we all know if we get to glory, that's that's the ultimate prize. But I want my Savior to look at me and say, Pastor, well done. Not perfect, not glory, well done. In other words, you have Use the ability that I gave you. Well done. Perfectly? No. But, I mean, how can you read this any other way? If any man's work abide, which he have built thereon, he shall receive a reward. It's not a one-time blue ribbon job, you know. It's not like going to the fire and I've got a, you know, ribbon for my fruit or my cash. But there's a reward. Every one of us that are saved can win the soul winner's crown. Why would you want to win that soul winner's crown? To lay at the feet of Jesus. Because the only reason that you were able to win anything was because of him. He's the reason I am what I am because of him. And then we see in verse 15, God said, If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved. That's why this eternal security, the blood-bought believer. He may not get any rewards, but Christ paid for him. In other words, He had a wasted life here on earth. And God said, makes it plain, if any man's work shall be burned, the work was burned up, it it wasn't done with the right motive, wasn't done with the right purpose, he's not going to gain nothing. Now, I always always a little careful when I teach this because people come back and say, well, that's the reason I don't, you know, hold an office because I, I don't, you know, I'm afraid I can't do it perfectly. Well, I'd help you out on that one. None of us do it perfectly. But did I do the best I could with what God gave me? And every time I preach on this or read it, I think of Sister Susan Lawrence of the Bryant Station Baptist Church. Susan said, like me, she don't have a voice to sing. But Susan says, like me, I sang it to the Lord. I don't sing to entertain anybody. I sang for the Lord. But you're going to lose when God gives you ability and you don't use it for the Lord. So our hope of glory 
Our hope of salvation was taken care of at the cross. But the hope of glory that I'm going to be all I can be in heaven. Be there with Jesus. Not just going in and out, but to live with him. To worship him. To glorify him. And then he said in verse 16, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Can you imagine? Can you imagine just for a moment? Let's take this invisible man. We'll call him Harvey. Harvey saved, saved as a child. But he was a rough teenager. Now he's an adult, joined church, but every once in a while he'll slip into the honky-tonk and drink a little booze, you know. Just a good old boy. Can you imagine what that spirit inside of him? I mean, you know, I'm saved. I've got the Holy Spirit living inside of me. You can't see him, but you can see the effects of him. See, that's why it's so important that when a tragic happens, that saved people handle it different than lost people. Saved people handle death different than lost people. We got something that the lost person doesn't have. We carry the Holy Spirit around with us. He's in us. Don't, you know, I look back. Somebody was calling me the other day talking about my mother that she found a picture of her, an older picture, and she said, you know, uh, she was a blessing. She didn't have a lot of talent. But she had talent enough to know that God saved her unworthy soul. I'm going to heaven. I don't know the books of the Bible. I can't read the Bible, but I know the man that wrote it. That's all you got to do to be saved. But if if God has blessed you and given you the ability to read and to study and to talk and to witness, why don't we? Because you'll say, long as I get to heaven, you're going to spend eternity finding out that was a bad mistake. Because you're going to lose a lot of rewards. You say, well, what do we need the rewards for? But at the feet of Jesus. They are the rich truths of the gospel. You know what they are? Sovereign election, substitution, redemption, irresistible saving grace, infallible preservation. I mean, that when you learn these doctrines, you'll know that I am what I am by the grace of God, and we'll we save that. I'm saved by grace. We save that. But all of that's ability that we have when we have the Holy Spirit in us. 
so when I sat down and read, and I said, man, I, 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 don't, I don't know exactly what he's talking about here. That's when you stop and you pray, Lord, open my eyes. Show me. And for Cisalda, clear blue, you hadn't thought about it. Maybe I need to go over and read this, or maybe I know to do this, or God brings it back to your memory. But see, he, he can't bring you bring nothing back if you haven't heard it or if you haven't read it. But if you read it and heard it and applied, it's sitting on ready when you go to talk to somebody. That excites me. That's why knock on that door. Because I don't know who's behind it, but I know who's in me. And when I need it, God brings it to my memory. The riches Paul speaks of, of the, of the riches of, of treasure, of grace laid up for sinners. Christ, you know, in Christ there are immense and infinite treasures of grace laid up in store for God's elect. Notice in John 1, verse 16. John chapter 1 and verse 16. All right, he says here, And of his fullness have all we received, and grace for grace. But notice the very first phrase. And of his fullness have all we receive. In other words, if I'm a child of God, the Holy Spirit will bring to my memory, give me the ability to explain it, if I've prepared myself. You know, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not questioning God, but I question a lot of testimonies where People said, you know, it's, uh, God saved me, you know. I've never been in church, and I never do this. I never do that. I haven't studied. I still don't study. But when I need something, God gives it to me. I can't find that in the Word. He says, study to show thyself approved. A servant that's not ashamed not ashamed. See, you're in trouble when you're ashamed to say, I'm a trophy of God's. He took nothing and made something applicable in his kingdom. What a Savior. What a Savior. The riches Paul speaks of are the rich treasures of grace laid up for the sinner in Christ. I mean, we see here in John 1, 16, but, but notice in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. Ephesians 1, 3. He said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings, blessings in heavenly places, 
in Christ. When is Steve going to be blessed? When he's in Christ. When he's walking with Christ. When he's talking with Christ. When he's depending upon Christ. I mean, it's all it's all about him. It's all about him. Not ourselves, not our ability, but all about him. Then Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. Paul said in verse 9, look at this. For in him dwell of all the fullness of the Godhead body. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principalities and power. But you get out of him, you get going your own way, you don't have no power. I mean, he makes it clear. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. When you see the Spirit, when you see the Son, when you see the Father, it's all there. You got a third of that living in you if you're saved. Think about that. I mean, we ought to be careful what we do, where we go, who we do it with. I mean, all that stuff because of who is living in us. Have you ever stopped and think that when you look back, you've lost some of the things you've done? You know. Then God saved you. Not very often, but you find yourself thinking about those old times. That's when we stop right where we are and God gets Satan out on me. Throw him out. All the promises of God relating to this life and to the life to come are in Christ. It's not in me. It's in Christ. I'm going to glory because of Christ. If I've got any rewards waiting for me, it's because of Christ. But we know people, or I do, at my age, I've, I've seen a lot of it. You know, a child is born into a family that's wealthy and can give him or her anything that, that they want to find his education, find his car, find his this. And you find that child sometimes going off the rail, you know, hurting the parents, being a disgrace to the family. And you say, man, I don't care what that family gave that son. I got more in Christ. Everything Christ owns, I own. And I don't love him enough to praise him. It bothers me. I don't know about you, but, you know, we go through a, you know, sort of habits. You know, all the time Dora and I was living together, you know, married and, 
and uh, loving each other. We would sit down to a meal, and we would, I can't remember ever eating without thanking God for the food. But I've taught myself the last four months, you know, fix me something that's sitting on the stove, you know, and I used to put it on the table. And then I found myself not thanking him for it. And it bothered me. It bothered me. See, because he that knoweth to do good and doeth not, to him is sin. We need to thank God for everything we have. And many fail on that. But uh, all the promises of God relating to this life, to the life to come, are in Christ. In Christ we have free justification. Did you realize that when Jesus looks at me, or when God looks at me, he sees a perfect individual. But you know I'm not perfect. But God sees me through the finished work of Jesus. In Christ, we have been justified. According to Ephesians 1.7, we're absolutely pardoned. Complete reconciliation, according to Romans three twenty four. You know, we we just look at these and and if you understand, let me give you an, an example. Of what we'll do in the next week or two, but here in uh, Ephesians chapter one and verse seven, to the praise of the glory of of His grace, wherein He have made us accepted in the beloved. He has made me, you, us, acceptable in the beloved. You know, and then if we're not careful, but, you know, I used to do this, and I stopped, and I gave this up, and I stopped, you know, and I'm doing this and doing this and doing this. You know, I'm, I mean, you know, I think I've got a pretty good little record here. And then I read the word of, of God, and I look over here in Ephesians, you know, chapter 1 and, and verse 7, and he says, in whom we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of sin, according to the riches of his grace. I am what I am by the grace of God. See, Scripture will complement Scripture. So when we look at grace, you know, Ephesians chapter 2, 8, 9, and 10, which we all know, by grace are you saved through faith, not yourselves as a gift to God. You know, and we do our part, and then we come over and we find, you know, scriptures like Ephesians 1, 7. Complete reconciliation, you know. When we look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, we see complete reconciliation. We have been reconciled. In other words, I have been forgiven and and made perfect because of his death, burial, and resurrection. And now God sees me saved. Amen? Amen. We have eternal adoption. You know, he adopted me, you know, and uh, 
we used to tell Jay, bless her heart, you know. <laughs> I said, you remember, young lady, I'm always saying you bye. <laughs> you, you know, and, and I shouldn't have done that, but, you know, but she, she knows I wouldn't have. But uh, once, see, once God buys you, you can't never lose it. You can't lose your salvation, guys, even if you wanted to. You can get so fed up with the preacher and the church, and especially had one or two people in the church that always bother you. You said, oh, mm. But you can't get out of it. You can't have a different view. I mean, you may change, but you're going to find the Tonys wherever you go. Because God bought you. And he's not going to come and die again. You're his. And he's mine. And, you know, wonderful thing about Romans chapter 3, verse 23, we have eternal life. Now, uh, the uh, glorious state of God's saints in heaven, number two, Christ is also the glory of the gospel. He is the glory of the gospel. And what saved person don't enjoy hearing the gospel? And we just, or I don't, and I don't think anybody truly say, I don't ever, you know, get tired of just hearing a plain gospel message, plain gospel devotion. Henrietta's son, you know, he used to give some of the shortest, sweetest, best devotions, and most of the time he said, read. You can't do no better reading. And when we look at Galatians chapter 1 and verse 27, we're talking about the glorious state of God's saints in heaven. It's all because of him. And God's Galatians one twenty seven, he, he said, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you. The hope of glory. What is the hope of glory? Christ being in you. whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of the mysteries of the Gentiles. I mean, God shows you, you know, it's, it's just amazing. The gospel is the revelation of the glory of God and the glory of God is Christ. Did you get that? The gospel is the revelation of the glory of God and the glory of God in Christ. We see the glory of God in the face of Jesus. What is this saying? You know, it's, it's saying, by faith in Christ, every believer sees that which was revealed to Moses in Exodus 34. 
God's glorious, sovereign goodness, inflexible justice, and the mercy of his saying, grace in Christ. I mean, we know since God has showed us and revealed it to us that they are one. But just for a second, let's, let's look at Isaiah 45 and verse 20. Isaiah 45 and verse 20. God said, Assemble yourselves and come. Draw near together, ye that are escaped of the nation. They have no knowledge that set up the wood of their graven image and pray unto a God that can not Save. What did Christ say in, in the New Testament? My people perish for lack of knowledge. He said it in the Old Testament. My people perish for lack of knowledge. That's, that's the only reason. I don't care how long he's been in church, I don't care how many times he's been baptized. If he still lives for the devil, he's never met the Lord. He's never met him. So God said, assemble yourselves and come, draw near together that are escaped of the nations. They have no knowledge to set up the wood of the image. In other words, people that goes out tonight and 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 gamble and commit adultery and fortification and steals and get drunk. They have no knowledge of God. But yet they may sing in the choir on Sunday at some assembly. See, I'm, I'm tough on that part because I've shared with you before, you know, when I was 19 years old, you know, go into a bar and you see your Sunday school teacher there. It affects you. See, us older people owe these younger people an example that our lives and our mouth message. God's glory is known and revealed only in Christ, the incarnated God. You'll never see God till you know Jesus. Got to see Jesus first. Got to see Jesus first. And thirdly, that believer's hope of glory is Christ. The only way I'm going to get to glory is through Christ. And yet Christ came to do the will of his Father. It shows you how important faith is. I mean, we know now. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. Three gods in one. But you can't know God unless you go through Jesus. Why? Because he said, I am the way, 
And that D is a definite article. D wave, D life, you know. Got to go through him. Christ in you, the hope of glory. We live in hope of immortality and eternal life in heavenly glory. You know. This old body's fragile. You know, I told you other week, you know, I think it was last week that I fell and into a, a chair and, you know, I didn't hurt anything. It just hurt my pride, I guess. But, uh, you know, but, but then you know, the next, I guess it was two or three days later when I was taking my shower, you know, right, right there is a place about like that, you know. It doesn't turn blue and red and yellow. You know how stuff goes. But, you know, usually that would produce a lot of pain, you know, especially right there on your chest next to your heart. And, but it didn't. And I thank God for those things. Because there can be no healing I don't care who your doctor is, there can be no healing without the great physician. Physically, spiritually, emotionally, all of him. Now, this is all, I'm sure some of you have heard of John Gill. He's one of the writers that I read up on sometime, but Christ in our hope of glory, according to John Gill, he said, uh, glory itself is in his hands. The gift of it is with him and through him. He was made way by his suffering and death for the enjoyment of it and is now preparing it for us by his presence and intercession. His grace makes us worthy of it. His righteousness gives us a title to it, and his spirit is the earnest of it. Old John knew what he's talking about. Because that's why the spirit is in us. That spirit, if we follow that spirit, we'll round up just like him. So you got to make the Bible apply to you. Because if everybody else understands it and you don't, you're not going to grow. If you're lost, you're not going to be saved. You've got to realize this is a love story from God to the lost man. Amen? Amen. Amen. And lastly, the hope of glory which we have in Christ is built upon Christ himself alone. Every saved person ought to be a member of a New Testament missionary, Bible-believing, fundamental Baptist church. They ought to be as faithful as they possibly can be. They ought to pray every day. They ought to read their Bible. They ought to witness when opportunity comes. And above all, before I fall asleep tonight, it was God that brought me through this day. And when you get my age, and 
I've got a basement to go to, and I've got enough stairs to go to, and, and I make those trips as, as little as I can. If I make them two or three times, then I don't know where I will be around here alone. You know what I'm saying? So I try to stay in the middle. But I, I made that a spiritual truth. Stay in the middle. See, man's side, God's side, we right in the middle. So, you know, if I can learn that I can't use the stars like I used to or I can't do this like I used to, knowing what you can and can't do is growth. So, next Wednesday we'll deal with God has promised eternal life and glory to his elect. Nobody else. There will be nobody in glory but his elect. And he didn't elect you because of you. He he elected you despite you. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity. We ask you now, Father, to go with us and take us home and that we may rest tonight and wake up in the morning searching for opportunities to glorify your name. This uh, group that came tonight, we thank you, God, for them, and we just ask every one of us here, we're able to be here, have a desire to be here, that we may pray for those that are sick and unable to be here. And we especially pray for the family. I can only imagine what Sean and the family is going through. But we know your grace is sufficient. We pray for Brother Jacob and, and the family as they sort of try to get used to those weather and the growth and blessing, Lord. And we ask you that be your will, Lord, that we may be back here Sunday ready to worship and glorify your name. For it's because of you we are. Amen.